Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm George Goncalves, MUFG's Head of U.S. Macro Strategy here in the Americas, and today I'm joined by Glenn Schultz from our MBS modeling team, who is also our resident subject matter expert on all things mortgages. We're recording this as of Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Happy New Year, Glenn, and welcome back to the podcast. Happy New Year, George. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Great to have you on, as always. And really, this is a great opportunity for us to kind of have this uh, virtual fireside chat where you can go into uh, the agency MBS-related themes that we put together uh, and you contributed to the 2024 outlook that we published late last year and are recirculating over the course of January. But let's just jump right into your views and, and what shaped a lot of the thinking that you have for this year, starting off with issuance. So... You know, net issuance in 2023 ended up being closer to the top end of your range. Uh, maybe if you could kind of just explain why, and then you know, what are the your views for issuance as we look forward to 2024? Yeah, so so we were uh, we were uh, pretty pretty good on our on our net issuance uh, forecast. So we did come in right at the top end of the range, um, right around 400 uh, billion. I think as we move into 2024, uh, we'll probably get a little bit of relief in terms of the 30-year mortgage rate. That's going to help issuance somewhat. Uh, housing affordability obviously is going to be you know a headwind for its issuance. So our expectation is that we're probably going to see a net issuance number. Um, Right around about 500 billion. So, so we're going to be up about 100, uh, 100 or so billion uh, from uh, from the previous year. But I still think, in terms of the issuance numbers, 2024 scheme is going to be uh, relatively low uh, net issuance and relatively low net new supply coming into uh, the agency MBS market. Thank you. And I guess along those lines and related to issuance in general, you know, there's a there's a view related to mortgage prepayments. And so you know, refis in general probably are going to be a low risk and thus we won't see much coupon stack migration. But why don't you kind of like through the lens of of you know, mortgage prepays, like what, what are you thinking about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, as we, you know, as we move through 2024, uh, I don't think that the prepayment theme is going to change uh, substantially, even if we get uh, a slightly lower 30-year mortgage rate. Uh, my thinking is, is that right now we're looking at around 3 to 5% uh, of the coupon stack is, is in the money that's not meaningful. Um, you know, a decline in the 30-year the mortgage rate of even 25 or 50 basis points. Yeah, it's going to bring some of the newer production into the money. Uh, but overall, that's not... Uh, of the of the amount that I would consider to be you know refinance wave or even mini refinance wave, so you know we're still dealing with a uh, a coupon stack that is what I call you know triple deep out of the money where we're looking at you know parts of the coupon stack that are that are as much as you know two three hundred basis points out of the money. So as a result, it's really going to be a turnover dominated theme. Uh, I think that we're probably going to see uh, peak prepays somewhere around the 10, 15 CPR number in aggregate uh, in the summer months. 
and 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 that's about as as good as it's going to get. So so once again, we're we're kind of looking at the story where you know Carrie is uh, Carrie is going to be king, uh, and your investors are going to have to find relative value across the, the the various different stories that are in the agency MBS market as far as specified pools. Uh, that said, I, I still think there's lots there's lots of relative value opportunities out there for these, these student investors. Yeah, no, and 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 also just maybe before we get to the last point, but related to that is also um, just broadly the basis and you know the range that we had last mm-hmm. year uh, going into and, and out of the summer and, and what motivated you to change the, that view and, and where mm-hmm. we last ended. And then looking forward for this year, you know, we, we penciled in in the outlook uh, a 100 to 160 range where you know, be buyers of dips on, on much wider levels than where we are now, but not really expecting a repeat of what we saw in 2023 with the target of, of again, 100 pips uh, being the lower end. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Why don't you kind of walk through like the the logic of last year and and what we think about yeah. this thesis? Yeah, so so we started last year. We had a target on the basis of a hundred basis points, so we were very precise there. There was probably a little hubris in that because we'd had we'd had a pretty good run on our basis calls, so you know, <laughs> pinpoint accuracy, right? Um, and and that was really predicated on our on our issuance supply for for 2023. So coming into 23, uh, relative to the market, I think we were really very much on the low end uh, as far as uh, net issuance was concerned. Uh, and, and that led us to believe that we would have a much, you know, a much tighter basis uh, moving through 23. Now, you know, that was materializing and, and developing really well uh, going into the, to the first quarter, but by the time we hit the end of the first quarter, you know, we, we entered the, the regional uh, banking crisis. Uh, of course, that brought essentially portfolio supply on, onto the market. The basis widened. Uh, and, and generally, the way that we think about the basis is, you know, once you get to like 180 and get, get higher than that, it's really a sign that, that the market is in distress, usually a liquidity event, things of that nature. Uh, you know, and, and by June, we had reached uh, north of 190 basis points. So it was a very pessimistic environment. Um, and, and given the portfolio supply that, that had come onto the market, uh, we really reevaluated uh, what our basis target was against that backdrop of, of, if you will call it, organic supply plus this new sort of portfolio supply that came into the market. And, and that's what led us to to kind of put our range of 120 to 130. Um, you know, we missed it by about eight nine basis points. I think we closed 138, 139 in December. So, you know, overall it wasn't you know it wasn't bad performance on our basis calls, especially when you consider sort of the the environment that uh, that everybody was operating in. Um, and now I do think that. You know, we probably are going to to have a bias uh, downward in the basis. That being said, there's going to be probably blips and opportunities uh, for investors to enter the market on the cheap side. Uh, but it's not going to be 190, right? It's going to be more like you said, 160 when it cheapens out or something like that. Uh, but I do think that we'll, we'll track into the into into the 100 basis points uh, by the end of 24. 
Oh, great. And uh, yeah, we, obviously we're in agreement there. And, and I think it's one of the better risk rewards relative to how tight credit spreads are. Uh, and even, you know, you know, mortgages can keep up with treasuries in a rally here uh, if that were to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's um, <clears throat> kind of go to the last question. You know, Glenn, let's take a step back, you know, back in time and, 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 and think about this thing, you know, in November of 2022. So now going mm-hmm. on, a year and a year and and change uh, since you penned the article, the second golden age of MBS, and so you know we're just you know, kind of wondering if you still hold that thesis, and if so, why, and, and if not, why not? And, and again, related to all of that, and we just heard a little bit about your your view on the basis uh, and the backdrop on issuance and prepayments and so forth and sector themes. How does the second? How has the second golden age of MBS? How has that aged itself? <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, I still like the second golden age thesis. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm relatively undeterred uh, on that, and, and I really haven't sort of moved off of that. Obviously, again, we have the banking crisis, which, which threw a bit of a wrench into it. But you know, if you look across the history of mortgage-backed securities. That's that's kind of the theme, right? You get these like little mini explosions here, there, and the other place, usually related to poor risk management. Um, but I do think that that we are uh, are still uh, looking toward a you know sort of sort of second golden age of of uh, mortgage backed securities, and and part of that that thesis is is really based upon the breadth and the depth of the coupon stack. I mean, I, I don't. I can't recall a time where the coupon stack went from one and a half up to seven, right? Um, and and so the breadth of the stack there um, really is going to create you know, relative value opportunities for people to to exploit. And and when I refer to it as, in terms of the depth, I'm I'm not really thinking about it in the sense of of issuance or those types of things. I'm just thinking about the number of stories. That you know that have been cultivated, you know, over time, some stories will persist and some stories will begin to wane, right? So, for example, the 125 LTV story will will wane over time because that was a creation of of really the the financial crisis, which you know now is is you know 14, 15 years uh, you know behind us. So you know those stories will go, new stories will likely rise. Uh, and so I, I do think that we're we're you know we're on the on the cusp of kind of that second golden age, but you know it's like anything else in the economy. It's you know it's not without its speed bumps. Uh, so it'll take time to see and manifest, and and so that does underpin a lot of what we're thinking in terms of where the basis is heading, where the basis is going to go in this rate environment. Um, and I and I think that. You know that that looking at that 100 basis point target for 2024 will will be a bit of the uh, will be a bit of the fruition or beginning of that second golden age. So it maybe was delayed on the start, but it it was not um, uh, it was not taken off of the table just because of that regional uh, banking crisis. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for that, Glenn. And I, I generally agree that you know this. More opportunities is obviously better and great for RV opportunities. And again, we're living in a new world where I don't think rates are going to go right back down to zero unless something really materially changes on the outlook. 
but at the same time, we'll probably see more, um, you know, larger swings in rates and, and spreads, and that's going to create a lot of opportunities. And so it is maybe a second golden age of just in general fixed income, um, more more trading opportunities. Um, we'll wrap it up there. I mean, thanks again, Glenn. I really, really appreciate you coming on and kind of, you know, going through these questions and, and your thought process. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have you back on hopefully soon. Yeah, definitely. It's my pleasure. I always, uh, always enjoy coming on and joining you on your podcast. Great. Well, um, again, I encourage our listeners that if you haven't had a chance uh, in our, our um, clients that receive the actual deck, uh, the U.S. Uh, desk strategy report from, from me and, and the team with Glenn's contribution on the mortgage side, it's called the 2024 U.S. Outlook Getting Back in Sync, question mark, yeah, where you'll find further details as well as some of the supporting charts that uh, Glenn was referring to. We also like to remind uh, our listeners, if you're not receiving our strategy reports directly, please email uh, myself or your MUFG sales coverage uh, to get uh, on email or Bloomberg. And thank you again for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate and review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MUFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.